illustrate.org podcast coming away. Guys, this is going to be episode number 395, another Q&A episode coming your way. We have some excellent topics for you. Steve Smee here, as always, and the, the man, the Rickster. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? All right, guys. So the first topic we have, it's a concern from a member, and he wants to know, he's on a, he's been on a testosterone cycle for 10 weeks so far, and he says he's gained 20 pounds, and he says everything was going great, but now he feels like crap after week 10. So why does this happen? It seems to be a very common thing. And, you know, this is one of those things, guys, if you gain that much weight in such a short amount of time, that's an insane amount of weight to gain in 10 weeks. And it's not a real weight gain. Because think about it, guys, if you gain 20 pounds every 10 weeks, you know, you could run five cycles, 10 weeks each, and put on 100 pounds. You know, that's not what happens. That's not how our bodies work. There's, there's such a thing as the way our bodies survive it's called survival your body's not going to want to put on all this weight so you're putting on this weight to you know to put this simply your body's punishing you right now it's saying you put on all this weight so fast i don't like this your body's sick so of course you're going to feel like crap of course your appetite's going to drop if you have an old cat or an old dog you'll notice the last year year and a half of their life their appetite is very, very iffy. Some days they may not even eat anything. They may not eat for two days, three days, four days. They might not have an appetite. And then they'll eat again a couple of days and then they won't have an appetite for a couple of days. Every pet owner knows that with our cats. Well, it's the same thing with humans, but we're just too smart. We like to force ourselves to eat food. But when you're not, you don't have an appetite means your body's sick. So right now your body's sick. You put on too much weight. Organ strain is a major factor. Heart strain is a major factor. So Rick's going to kind of get into, you know, how to fix that. He's a supplement guy. Um, but really, guys, at the end of the day, when you add that much weight in a short amount of time, you're asking for trouble. You're looking for trouble. And it's not quality weight anyway. You're not, you didn't put on 20 pounds in 10 weeks of muscle, of actual muscle tissue. You put on 20 pounds of water, fat, and very, very, very little muscle tissue because you cannot gain that much muscle tissue in such a short amount of time. It's not possible. It's not possible. If it was possible, you'd see Mr. Olympias in their early 20s who've been lifting for five years winning Mr. Olympia. You don't see that. Who's winning the Mr. Olympias these days? Guys in their mid-30s, late 30s, even early 40s who have been lifting 20, 25 years because that's how long it takes put on to put on actual muscle tissue. So your muscle is mostly made up of water. So that is part of your muscle. Gaining water is going to your muscle. Yes. But I don't consider that actual gains. I want to know how much muscle tissue did you gain on your cycle? I don't want to know how much water you gain in your cycle. That to me means nothing. And I'm not impressed when someone hops on a cycle and after 10 weeks gains all that weight, because that tells me they were probably underweight in the first place. They didn't build a proper base in the first place. That's what it tells me because when I run a cycle for 10 weeks, I don't gain 20 pounds. I don't gain 10 pounds. I don't even gain five pounds. Usually I'm lucky if I gain two or three pounds because I have such a big base and I've been lifting for so long. 
that it's harder for me to gain weight. And I don't, I don't aim to gain sloppy weight. So guys, I mean, your heart and your gut and all this, and your kidneys and your liver, all this stuff is under stress. And yes, you're going to feel like shit. You're going to have, it's going to co get complicated, Eric, because now you're going to have a hard time sleeping. You're not going to be able to sleep good at night. So that's going to make you feel even more like shit. Then you're going to be tired all day because your organs are strained and you're going to be tired all day because you can't sleep good at night. So it all is connected, guys. It's all is connected. So my, my, you know, just let me tell you, buddy, you need to come off your cycle. You, you went way above where you needed to go. It's like going on a huge roller coaster when you're scared of heights. You, you know, you get to the top of that roller coaster and you're freaking out. Well, that's what's happening in your body right now. So, buddy, you need to come off. You need to take a look at your blood work. Is your estrogen out of control? It probably is. Your estrogen levels are probably out of control. You got to get that. You got to get that fixed ASAP to never let it get out of control. Rick, I'm bringing you on this. What kind of uh, tips can you give this guy? And why does it happen? And what kind of tips can you give this guy? It sounds to me like kidney and or liver strain. It's not very common to feel like shit gaining weight. I mean, if you have a good lifestyle, clean eating, you can gain a good bed of uh, weight and not feel like shit. So it sounds like he's straining some of his organs. Uh, a lot of the additional protein intake that we take as bodybuilders does have to get filtered out, filtered out by the kidneys. The liver is also filtering out a lot of the drugs that we're taking. So it sounds like guy needs to just eat very clean. Entugard, definitely Entugard can help this dude. He'll see a huge difference in how he feels just using the Entugard. And once he comes off his cycle uh, and loses some of that water weight, also water retention can make you feel like shit. So if he loses some of that water retention, uh, takes uh, Entugard to help uh, cleanse out his liver and kidneys, and he comes off his cycle, you know, it's 10 weeks, about that time, uh, he'll, he'll be fine. As long as he uses something like HC Generate, go to hcgenerate.com after cycle along with PCT, he should be able to keep a good amount of those gains. But it's pretty much, I think, Steve, combination of that water retention, strain on the kidneys from additional proteins and drugs, strain on the liver from the drugs and the additional calories, fats, all the stuff that I'm sure this guy had to put in his mouth in order to gain this much weight. And once you take care of all of that, you should be feeling back, going back to feeling good again. But yeah, it's not, um, it's not very often that you hear this. You know, most guys on the 10th week of their cycle, gaining a bunch of weight, they're feeling great. So it sounds like this guy's really stressing his internal health, something nasty. And he needs to, needs to maybe, yeah, it's about time to come off and start changing some of those habits that got you feeling like shit. I think people don't realize uh, when you're big and you're muscular, that strains the kidneys in his own right. So people don't realize that. So they assume that it's okay and it's not. So you should never, never gain that much weight so fast. It's just not good for your body. All right, guys, next topic we're gonna talk about is myths and truths on aromatase inhibitors. So right off the bat, I think one of the big myths is that guys, you know, they don't understand that certain steroids aromatize more than others, and some steroids don't aromatize at all. So 
it's not a requirement and it's not mandatory to always run an aromatase inhibitor because sometimes you don't need it. You know, if you're running a cycle, let's say you're running a 100 milligrams a week of testosterone, 500 milligrams of Primo or 500 milligrams of, you know, EQ or you're doing Masteron, you know, 500 milligrams or, of Masteron and or you're running Anavar, you're running T-Bowl. These don't aromatize. Winstrol, these, they don't aromatize. So you don't want to run an AI with it. So I think we, I think over time, we've done this habit of telling people, oh, you always have to have your, your AI in hand. Always have to have an AI in hand. You always have to use an AI. And that's, that's, it's not true in all cases. What happened was, I think, during the 90s and 2000s, once AIs and anti-estrogens and estrogen blockers started coming around, guys started jacking up their testosterone dosages, started getting a little more aggressive with how much Dianabol they're running. I mean, they used to run 10, 20 milligrams back in the day. Guys started running 50 milligrams, 40 milligrams. And then they're running 500 milligrams of test, 1,000 milligrams of test, 1,500 milligrams of test. They started blowing it up and they started throwing AIs at their body. So I think, I think that got people into the habit of thinking, oh yeah, I was in AI. So I think that's a myth. The, the other myth is that guys want to use letrozole. They think letrozole is a good, good AI to use. And the problem with letrozole is it's so harsh on the body that you take it, you slam your estrogen too much. So if you're running, let's say 500 milligrams a week of testosterone and you run letrozole with it, you run too much letrozole, it's going to slam your estrogen low. So it's kind of, you know, it's kind of defeating the purpose of running the testosterone, right? Because now that estrogen that's aromatizing, now you're slamming your estrogen down to zero. And when you're on cycle, you notice problems, you know, low estrogen problems, like you're in mood, you get depressed, low libido, fatigue, stuff like that. So I think it's another myth too, guys run letrozole. And I, again, it goes back to the nineties. A lot of these guys, um, you know, these guys on uh, social media, on YouTube, they put out videos, a lot of these boomers, they're on social media. They think they know what they're talking about because they, uh, they, they're, you know, they've been in the game a while. Um, and, you know, bless them. I mean, they can name bodybuilders from the early 90s that I've never heard about. They can name, you know, who won the 1992 Mr. Olympia. They're damn good at trivia when it comes to bodybuilding trivia. They can tell you the first bodybuilding book that they bought from the library, you know, 30 years ago. But when it comes to, you know, modern anecdotal evidence that we've, you know, we've figured out over time through anecdotal evidence, through forums, talking to each other, networking, doing our own blood work, clients, you know, working with clients, looking at the blood work like I have. I'm sorry, but I know more than you, sir. Um, even though you trained with Arnold when you were six years old in South California back in the 60s, I know more than you about this stuff. So you shouldn't tell people to run letrozole just because in the 90s, that's all you guys had access to was letrozole. So you think that in 2021, we still should use letrozole. So again, we have to advance, you know, when it comes to bodybuilding. It's very, very, very important. Rick, what are some myths and Truths on AIs that guys are missing. Myth that Novavix kills your gains. I've actually seen some guys say this. There's uh, a guy, a pretty popular guy on YouTube uh, talking about Novavix killing your gains. I don't know where the fuck this comes from. 
If any of you guys do, please comment on the video below or send me a message, rikivrock.com, and talk to me about it. Novadex doesn't kill your gains, man. You don't you just don't, don't need to overdo the Novadex. Novadex is in your system for a couple of days. It'll build up a little bit. So you can do as little as 5 to 10 milligrams of Nova every single day. If you are prone to gynecomastia, Novadex is exactly what you need to be taking. Novadex will sit on those estrogen re estrogen receptors and the glands under your nipples, and they will block real estrogen out of those receptors. Thus, those receptors don't receive a estrogenic signal, don't receive the estrogen. So those cells won't take in more nutrients. Those cells won't plump up, fatten up. Those cells won't get ready to, to lactate, right? So gynoprone, use Novadex. It won't kill your gains. Complete and utter bullshit that it'll kill your gains. Here's a myths. Here's a myth. I think Steve just mentioned it. Letrosol. Or imidex. Um, to me, those are just myths, meaning there are anti-estrogen drugs that have a good place for women with cancer, but maybe for bodybuilding bros, not the best. If you need to control estrogen, my opinion, three drugs that you need to worry about. Aromacin, Novadex, and Arimistane. Aromacin, suicide aromatase inhibitor, it is going to get rid of the aromatase enzyme so that a lot so that your steroids are not being turned into estrogen. Arimistane will work quite the same way, and you can still get arimistane over the counter somewhere. Just go go into your local supplement store, like the hardcore supplement store, and ask them about arimistane and uh see if they got it. And most likely than they not, they'll have it. And Novadex. Novadex doesn't do anything to the overall estrogen levels, but it will block estrogen out of your nipples. So make sure to do those. And that's all you need, man. I guess that, that, that's my answer for this one. I'm going to bring you in early in the next two, Rick, because uh, I talked on the first two. So next one we're talking about best way to take orals. It's a straight up question. Uh, maybe you can kind of go over. Uh, I think a lot of people. Sure thing. Sure thing. I, I think I'll a lot of people. A lot of people get confused. They they wonder, you know, do I need to take them with water? Do I need to take them with food? Do I need to take them with liver support? Do I have to wait, you know, two hours before taking them with liver support? Do I take them in the morning? Do I take them before my workout? I mean, there's a lot to cover on this one. So, uh, orals you take throughout the day. You spread them out evenly throughout the day, and you try to sync your dosing right around workout time as well. You want to take your orals in as empty of a stomach as possible. No, no issues, no problems if you take it with some food, but I, I just think I get better absorption, consistently better absorption when I take it really in, in that deep middle minute in between meals where you're like deep in the middle where you haven't eaten in a while and you won't eat for another little while again. You're right in that middle. It's the best time to take orals. So like in the morning upon waking, keep them by your bedside right away. Boom. If you're eating six meals a day, then you wait a little while to get your first meal in at once that oral is uh, it's made it down, down the gut. And uh, with your food, you want to take your supplements. You want to take your N2Guard with your supplements and the number two guard.com. You want to take your HC Generate with your supplement, with your food. You want to take your supplements with food. The food helps the absorption of some of these supplements. The more kind of whole herb 
supplements and herb extract supplements you have, the more you want to take it with, with food. The more hormonal your supplement is, you know, uh, DHEA, pregnolone, SARMs, methylated steroids, those you want to try to keep your stomach as empty as possible. And one thing you don't want the N2Guard and the oral being taken at the same time, that N2Guard is going to change the way your liver treats that oral when it comes in. And you're going to think you got bunk gear. Your oral is going to be weaker if you take it at the same time with the N2Guard. So they just need to make it at different times. It's not, a, it's not the end of the world. It's not a big deal. Take your orals in as empty of a stomach as possible and take your N2Guard with, with every meal. It's the best way. Um, <clears throat> and that's just dosing for the orals. As far as taking orals, look, one of the best ways of taking an oral is maybe have an injectable to go along with it. So that way you always, you, you're always in a state of anabolism. You're always anabolic. A lot of times with orals with timing, especially if you get some of the orals with the shorter half-lives, you might end up going through a few spans at a day where you have no anabolics flowing through your system. You, you have gaps throughout the day, several per week, way too many per month, where you're just not, you're not filled with anabolic hormones. So one of the best ways to also take orals is back them up with an injectable. You know, I've done four or five week anabar only cycles, had great results. But this is me. Like I set up an alarm clock. I make sure to take it on empty stomach. I really go through the motions to get a good, good result out of it. And if I didn't do that, I don't think my results would be would be as good. So it's another tip on, on orals. I think with orals, very, very important, Rick, to get it from a good quality source. I think that's the number one thing you need to do. Because, you know, what are they putting in this stuff? What are they putting in these orals? You know, it's kind of scary to think about it. And you want to make sure you're running good, good quality orals. And that will give you the best, best results. Another problem too, how many times do you think Anavar is faked with another oral? How many times? You know, and so if you're not running the proper, so you're not running the proper orals from the proper source, you think you're running one steroid and you're running another it can be absolutely devastating, especially for females. So that's the number one priority with, with orals is making sure you're getting legit, legit orals. And then, you know, um, at the end of the day, you know, orals are very versatile. They have short half-lives. You can use them to kickstart. You can use them to, to finish your cycle. You can run them in conjunction with your cycle. All kinds of cool ways to, to run orals. So you guys can definitely come on the forum and get more information on that, on how to run these orals, the different orals. And we've done episodes on all these orals as well. If you go back and look at our prior episodes. So everything is right there for you guys in black and white and white. And I think Rick, Rick covered the basics on it. So hopefully that answers your question. If it doesn't come on the forum and ask final question, I'll bring in Rick again, do test boosters work. We have some guys, Every now and then on the forums. People come still on. doubting this? People are still doubting this? That's incredible. I saw a post the other day from a guy who said, this was his exact quote. He said, testosterone boosters don't work. Look at your blood work. They don't cause your testosterone levels to go up. 
That was his exact word. So counter his argument. But that's how we know and that's how we pick the herbs that work is because they show improvement in testosterone levels and blood work. We, we To decide if these herbs are going to be used in a formula, we start off with the studies with the blood work. So he's completely wrong. Look, I have to uh, do this whole story, this whole spiel every few podcasts, um, every few months, I should say. I'll do it again. Um, on this planet, we're all carbon-based carbon life forms. We share something like 70% of our DNA with bananas, okay? Plants have chemicals, phytochemicals that they produce for different functions. And those chemicals will sometimes have very similar structures to the, chemi to the chemistry that our own body uses for own development. This is why a, a plant like the coffee plant will have caffeine in it that'll keep you awake. This is why the coca plant has alkaloids in it that'll also keep you awake. That's why the poppy plant has, has, in, has compounds in it that'll dull the pain, make you sleepy. We can, I can go on and on of just different examples in nature where plants produce chemicals, chemistry. How about plant, marijuana? Uh, that's another one. That yeah. the plant the, the does plant, marijuana not work? It's an herb. Does it not work? Plant, plants use, and you know, we don't really even know what why the marijuana plant makes THC, CBD. Why it might it probably uses it for something to do with its fertility. Marijuana plants have male and female plants, and so they're seasonal. They 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 they're born, they sprout, make their uh, seeds, and then they are meant to die. So. I'm sure it has to do something with the reproductive cycle. We don't know. But when humans get a dose of that THC, then it starts to make you feel different because it has a similar structure to structures that hit your brain and the receptors are there. And that's what happens. And we and this happens all the way from things that affect your mood and the way your brain works right now to the way that your reproductive system and your body will work over time. There are compounds, there are phytochemicals in these plants, like Fadoja agrestis, fenugreek, tribulus, toncata leek. There's just different compounds in them that when they're in your body, they attach to, they are very similar to structures your body uses, and they'll attach to receptors in your body that are waiting for these structures to help them move along testosterone production, fertility, sperm motility, all of these things, you know, this is the reason plant chemicals work on us is because we share, we share more than half of the DNA with, with all the other living beings on this planet. We're all carbon-based life forms. You know, in theory, there could be life forms based on silica or some of these other elements out of the periodic table that can that can you know stack themselves up the way carbon can or silica can right so we're we're much more closely related to plants than we'd like to than we like to admit to ourselves that we are and so i got i got to go through this over and over again and, and and as far as you know the fedosia and the tribulus and the, look tribulus has been used in bulgaria by shaman to help men with fertility and, and libido for ages. Fedoja in, in Africa, Nigeria for ages. Tonkatali, parts of Malaysia, Fenugreek. I mean, there's just 
different parts of the world, these plants have been known for thousands of years that they can help men with libido, with better sex drive, with um, having more children. And just now in the modern age, in today's world, we get to get all these raw materials from around the world, ship them here, and put everything together into one product. The knowledge, the, the, the local plants of medicine men and shaman throughout the ages, now we can just ship them in and put them all in one capsule. Here you go, bro, to your door from eatsabellmuscle.com. So I've got to explain this to people every, every few months on a podcast because you always get someone that'll say, herbs don't work. You know, a bunch of them are illegal because they can wreck your brain and your life uh, with their chemicals, naturally occurring chemicals, but they don't work for fertility. They don't work for libido. And it's just, uh, it's just guys that don't know what the fuck they're talking about, man. Just trolls. So uh, that's the explanation, man. And yeah, but Rick, yeah, be, you know, look, that's what I tell guys, you know, all the time, you know, a little education goes a long way because, you know, what you just said, a lot of people don't know that. So I think after you said that, and I tell people this on the forum too, I'm like, look, you know, marijuana, I mean, have you tried marijuana before? They're like, yeah. I'm like, well, does it, does it do anything? And they're like, of course. I'm like, well, it's an herb. I mean, marijuana is banned in many, many states. You know, I think at least, what, 40 states in the United States ban marijuana. Do you think they banned it because it doesn't work? I mean, it's so... I mean, I don't understand it. I, I don't understand it either, guys. I mean, this is stuff from nature. Um, and, you know, human beings over time. And many they, drugs, many drugs come from nature. Uh, red yeast rice has a compound in it. Reason FDA is going after it, sending people letters that that are using uh, red yeast rice in their products. I had to remove it out of Antibar. Well, it's got a chemical in it that's identical to that drug Lipitor. And so uh, their claim now is like, hey, uh, you can't sell red yeast rice it contains a high enough amount of, of a chemical that's pretty much a Lipitor twin so you're selling a drug and this happens over and over again there are so many naturally occurring compounds being used in medicine now oh, look the structures are so compatible guys anybody out doubt if anybody out there doubting this the structures in these plants are so compatible to ours that all of your steroids all of your dianabol, your testosterone, your deca, your whatever, it all starts off as the root of a cactus. It, it's, it's some sort of cholesterol made by this root of this cactus. And then they, through different processes, they cut, they cut up, they, they cleave off, they chisel down the structure of this cholesterol and this cactus and this plant. They, they, and then they, what they're left with, the three ring structure they're left with, the, the structure that's left is your steroid. It all starts off as a much larger, much more complex structure in a, in a plant. And through processes, we, we chisel like, like granite, just tick, 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 remove some additional uh, molecules that are there that we don't need, which are left with this steroid. So even while you're sitting there doubting that my herbal product is going to help you, the steroids that you're taking came from a, a plant to begin with. So that's just something a lot of people don't know and something for you to think about out there. All right, guys. So I think we, we covered it all on this podcast. We're going to have a compound episode coming up next. So we'll another Q&A next week for Steve Smee and the Rickster. It's another episode. This is episode 395. We'll talk to you guys next week. Have a good one.
Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys. Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program.